I would be lying if I said that this was an easy episode to make. It was not. I have been sitting on this for since the last episode. It's actually perfect that um, that was the start eclipse and this is the end eclipse the day that I'm recording this. And I don't mean to be like, I told you so, but um, I just want to reiterate that like, if you've heard me talk in the past about how it's weird that we do astrology in like bars and as like party favors, this is why like eclipse and war go together. There are themes that need to be explored for the greater good of humanity. And we are going to talk about a couple of them. This is a short podcast. We're not going to be able to get into everything, but we are going to talk about power and justice. So yeah, here we go. Hey, so I decided to make the least evergreen content possible and it's called Why Is Today Like That? So while the framework is evergreen because we use disability justice, we use re-indigenizing and super queer language, we're just talking about what's going on in the stars for like the next week. So it's like only going to be true for a couple days. Let's get into it. So we're going to treat this episode as a quick analysis of the eclipse sandwich that we just had. Um, I'm just going to introduce the shakiness and the grief in my voice. I've absolutely been crying, of course, and I'm going to introduce the fact that there will be background noise. You can hear a motorcycle going by. I typically record these in the mornings, but mornings have been for checking the news, checking on my community, and I will not be able to do this in the morning. I will be able to do it right now, so we will be having background noises. I live in a city where um, it's busier later in the day. So with that, um, we're going to talk really quick about the, yeah, the eclipse sandwich of it all. The solar eclipse was in Libra and the lunar eclipse, which is Saturday, the day of this recording, Saturday, the 28th is, um, the sun is in Scorpio and the moon is in Taurus. So just to reiterate what happened in the last couple of weeks, astrologically, I'm going to start astrologically the sun and the moon and some other shit you can listen to the last episode was in Libra and um yeah you've probably heard me talk before or if you're new welcome um one thing that I will continue to talk about is that people say that Libra is indecisive and really sometimes it takes the truth a while to come out and so Libra is about the truth and is about justice and is scales because it's about weighing weighing what's what. And when the scales are tipped, Libra is about ensuring justice. So all that to say, we learned and watched mainstream media begin to cover Palestine and the war crimes that Palestinians have been living with since the first Nakba. And there's a lot of history that could go into this episode, but I recognize that our agreement is we have short astrology episodes. So between then and now, 
things are going into Scorpio. And Scorpio rules power, death, and Taurus is like the physical. So right now the planets that we have in Scorpio are the sun, which is identity, Mars, which is how we act and react, and it also includes war, and Mercury, which is how we communicate. And the fact that we're seeing so much propaganda to try and justify a genocide is very much here. I don't feel compelled to give the astrological math behind what's going on. I don't think that's the best use of this platform. Instead, I want to tell a couple of stories. And the reason for that, astrologically, how I can justify it astrologically, is that another thing about Libra is that it rules the humanities. And in college, when they talk about arts and humanities, right? It's very, that's very Libra, arts and humanities, history, um, people, stories. That's why a lot of Libras, you know, are like a little, they're very social. They can be very chatty. They can be very gossipy. They can be very much, tell me everything. Tell me your story. Tell me who you are. Tell me what was the first time you were like on an airplane. They'll ask about everything, right? And that is, story is just very important to the movement. Story is very important, important. You know, I don't re-record these, so whatever. Story is very important to movement work and to connecting. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. So I'm just going to tell this story from the heart. And I'm going to tell you how I came into the situation and what I got to learn. So, um... As you may or may not know, I'm native. I'm from the Aki or Yoeme tribe. I have a few other tribal affiliations, but that's the central one. And um, my family is very, very blessed to be alive. In the 1930s, there was a war from the Mexican government, and it was called the War to Exterminate the Aki People. And my grandparents at the time of leaving Mexico, what we now know as Mexico, was um, they were about two years old, maybe three years old, um, depending on the time of, you know, the movement and which grandparent. But, you know, that's separately what happened. And my tata, which is what I call my grandpa, went to Arizona or his family went to Arizona. My nana, which is what I call my grandma. she came up to stay in a reservation inland in California. And um, there's a lot of Chicanos in LA that came up because of the Mexican war to exterminate the Yaqui people. And there are a lot of Yaqui people who also were deported further south Um, it does still very much affect my family and I don't want to go too much into it because I want to tell you this really cool story of indigenous resilience and I want to tell you about why art matters and why stories matter and I want to tell you how you can use it now but we'll see we'll see I'm just going with the flow here so I was very fortunate to long story short I ended up meeting these amazing community members that are intertribal 
and I came back home for the pandemic. That feels like a relevant point of the story. I came back home, uh, had a bad breakup, came back home, had not been talking to my family for 10 years, got connected, got reconnected to the land in a new way and in a good way. And I ended up meeting people that I now do sweat lodges with every month. It's a very important part of my spiritual practice. It helps me to culturally ground and learn songs and stories of indigenous people. So one of my elders um, called on me to sing a song and I was like, I don't know. I don't know a song. I've only been doing this for a little bit. I don't know a song. And they were like, hmm. So then um, by the end of this weekend and ceremony, um, I was gifted a song because I asked one of my elders, I was like, hey, what's the one about this land? Because I know she always sings one about the land that we sweat on. And um, she introduced it by talking about how, you know, there's not a whole lot of people that are out out here that are from the Kuhia tribe. Uh, I mean, she's, she, she's very well connected, but it's not a tribe you hear about all the time. These are the people that are of the land of Lucerne Valley. And she has kids that are members of the tribe. Um, it's kind of like if you're in, it's if you go inland from the San Diego mountains and um, she sings a song that honors the people and honors the land and I guess this is the part where I can just introduce it. So this is not a tribe that I am a part of, but this is the tribe who is the original stewards of the land that I was raised on and the land that I too am in community with. And even though my tribe is in Sonora, Mexico, this tribe, the land, we share a relationship with the land. Um, I'm so very fond of the dirt and the wind there. It centers me. It makes me feel home. The sunsets are so beautiful. I love to work with the plant medicine of the juniper trees. And and I'm really grateful. I'm really, really, really grateful to be from where I'm from. So this song is, and I'm, I'm like I said, new to it. But because I've been gifted this, this knowledge and because these people, I'll tell you a little bit more about their history. Um... Yeah, I'll tell you about the history first. So, I want to ask at this moment that we just like kind of check in and make sure that we're coming in a good way. Usually when we're telling these stories, we've done what we need to do to cleanse the space. So I want to ask that if you can take just like a really deep breath and just approach the story in a good way and that we can be here together and connect. I just want to ask that of you. And I'm going to tell you a little bit of what my elder told me, I'm so grateful. I'm so, 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 so grateful to have been entrusted with permission to share the story, share about the Kuhia people, and also just want to reiterate that like I am not the authority. I am just somebody who gets to know this song and that the song really spoke to me as somebody who knows the land that it's about. And so, yeah, I'm going to dive a little bit into some history that my elder taught me when I asked her if I could share this with you. So back in like the 1800s-ish, many of the people who were inland in California were wiped out, genocided, 
and um it's like the 1800s ish like 80 percent of natives were killed and the rest were then forced to work in missions i won't say the rest because you know i don't know but people were forced to work in missions and a lot of the way that people identified themselves was based on the missions so that's the thing that happened it went on for years there were from there were people that were um forced to move voluntarily within this structure and there were people that were kuhia who went up and hid in the mountains and my elder has a friend whose mom they brought her down off the mountain and i don't necessarily know who is they like why did they bring her down the mountain i don't really know all those details but i know that um the friend's mom was six years old and she couldn't speak english she spoke the the Kuhia tongue and um yeah so that's like kind of recent um so yeah that is something that happened and over time there's been a lot going on to preserve Kuhia language and I believe you know what happened next is of course their lineage was forced to assimilate and learn English uh, kind of just got distracted there because I was thinking about the missions and I was thinking about how like when I grew up going to school in California like a lot of other Mexicans like a lot of other people we had to in fourth grade make a California mission um, I made mine out of sugar cubes and I was very proud of the architecture not even realizing I was like building the shrine of like you know the infrastructure that genocided people um, but anyway that was a thing and so yeah oh okay so then some amount of time goes by my elder ends up on the reservation the Kuhia reservation and at the time for the first eight years she had mentioned that they didn't have any electricity and that a lot of natives moved off the res and um married off of the res to like be able to be somewhere that had electricity um and yeah that's like you know i'm thinking of current events and like what a privilege it is to be able to freely move you know so yeah um there were other places that had amenities now now the kuhia tribe of course does have electricity and i'm not going to tell my elders age i didn't get permission but i'm gonna say it was a little bit ago um and now what it looks like is and i was just getting really emotional about this and i was talking for a while and i realized my phone had cut me off so excuse me while i get back in the zone yeah so right now like the fact that i'm in community with kuhia people the place where i do lodge and every place that i've gone to ceremony has been very mixed in tribal representation and sometimes i find other yaki people and that's always really special and we get to trade stories and cultural knowledge and like figure out things like oh that's a yaki thing i didn't know that you know like stuff like that it's very sweet it's very special and um, we also get to share our songs with each other and even though like so many people from our lineage have been violently killed in the name of dominating land I don't know if I can really say in words how powerful it is to sing songs together. And I think the reason that 
there's a couple of reasons that this song has been very heavy on my heart. Um, one is I was gifted a drum by one of my elders who made it by hand. And I know that a Pueblo woman owned the, <laughs> prayed with the frame. I won't say owned. That's like a colonial concept, but it was her drum that she prayed with and, and she gifted it to him and he, um, he gifted it to me after doing some, after doing some work on it. Um, and he prayed with it for a really long time. It's a, it's a, he always says it's a crooked drum for a crooked old man. <laughs> Cause he left it out. Um, he left it out in the wind, made it kind of bend. And now it's my drum and it's just such a special thing that I get to have. And yeah. Okay. The drum is not the main focus. What I'm really trying to say is that like we come together and we tell stories of people who are still here and um, I know we've been talking a lot about doing actions to support people who are being genocided right the fuck now and I don't know if genocided is a noun I feel like that's really or, or, I don't know I don't know how to I don't really have all the words but like what I can say is that this is the first time we've been able to see it in real time and that means the truth is coming out so we can bring it back to Libra right um we see the abuse of power and we see that there are certain powers that people take power right like the UN voted for Israel to stop and Israel was like fuck you guys and kept going and it's devastating it's really devastating right now to just be like witnessing it but we're not going to turn away because the people that I, the people that listen to this podcast, I know that many of the people who listen to this podcast are people who come from oppressed backgrounds and probably people who have also um, survived um, ethnic cleansing or other forms of oppression. And I, I just want to honor the fact that there are martyrs who um, who asked that we don't forget about the people and the stories. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to cry. And the way that they love their land. And that there are people who wear a kufia, which is a scarf of the people. It used to be to protect farmers from the elements while they were out farming. And there's patterns on it that represent the olive leaves and fishing nets. And then the bold for the trade routes, the roads that you would go through that people, there are so many people would cross through there. And I really was kind of shook because also the area where, where I grew up and where I pray and the Kuhia people nearby a lot of people used to come through, a lot of Native people used to come through and trade there. So I just feel the, the connectedness of our stories. And um, yeah, I just, I very much admire like the fact that Native people here and people in Gaza right now are asking us not to lose hope and to keep stories alive. And one of the reasons that this is so important is because when we have our stories, we have our humanity. When we have our food, we have our humanity. Like we have things that go back and have survived so many things that were attempts to wipe us off the face of the earth. And I just want to honor 
yes, we're going to keep witnessing. We're not going to turn away, right? We're going to keep witnessing the fucked up shit that's happening. We're going to keep witnessing the fucking war crimes. And we're not going to be like, oh, it's not happening to us. We're not looking. We're also going to talk about what's happening in Sudan. We're also going to talk about what's happening in the Congo. We're going to talk about how none of us are free until all of us are free. And that is what a Scorpio season new moon is here to tell us. So Scorpio, power, death, rebirth. And also, feels weird to say it, but... Pluto going retrograde, this was the thing that we needed to talk about. We were not going to be able to move forward in liberation without acknowledging that there are current active genocides right now. And I don't know, this is like, if you look at the astrology of when native genocides had been starting, some of the bigger ones we know about, and then also the Holocaust, and then also the Nekba there are there are connections and TLDR we are not free until we abolish colonial capitalism so with that yeah art is something that can help us connect and help us figure it out um we yeah yeah there's so much more to say but I'm going to play the song that I've been telling you about. And it is an earth honoring song. It is for Mother Earth. And it is for the healing of Mother Earth. So enjoy. Itsi kwa kwa temaleo. Itsi kwa kwa temaleo. It's a quack, quack, the maleo. 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 <laughs> 